Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. Hey everyone, welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge. We're back at it for another great episode. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for listening, you guys. So, last week we talked about when things go wrong. And if you had a chance to listen to that episode, you know that sometimes mistakes happen in the kitchen. And I know this all too well because I fucked up a batch of grapefruit Negroni gummies that I've been wanting to make for quite some time. And I just thought I'd update you all on that because my plan really was to to try and maybe just eat this stuff off the spoon or add it to yogurt or that kind of thing so that I could still not have to, or so I could still use the edible that I made, even if it didn't turn out exactly the way I wanted. Well, it turns out sometimes, sometimes you can save an infusion or a recipe. Sometimes you can repurpose it. You can do all those things we talked about in last week's episode. But sometimes you have to know when to cut your losses. I was finishing up the vegan chocolates that I had been enjoying for quite some time. And I thought, okay, you know what? I got to try this stuff out. So I got out a spoon, dug into the dish with the, the mixture in it. And boy, was I disappointed. The flavor was actually quite nice. I could see how had it turned out that the, the gummies would have been really, really good. Definitely a more distinct flavor, more sophisticated flavor, less like a candy version of a gummy. And and exactly what it sounds like, a grapefruit Negroni is, is a, little, a little fancier, perhaps, which was, of course, in tune with this month's theme of getting fancy. But when I bit, or when I was put it in my mouth, there was like a really hard bit in it. Not really hard, but it was almost like the consistency of gristle on the bone when you're eating chicken wings or something like that. And there was a lot spread throughout the entire dish. And it was super disappointing because it made it really almost unpalatable when you're eating this stuff and you have these hard bits in it. And I'm not exactly sure what it was. It might have been the pectin that didn't get dissolved. There's a few different things it could be. But honestly, after that, I was a little defeated and I just had to toss it all out, which pained me quite a bit because I went to a lot of trouble to try and get all the ingredients for this thing. But again, sometimes, like I said, you have to know when cut your losses. Sometimes things do go wrong and you can save it. And I have before in the past. And sometimes things go wrong and you just have to sadly walk over to your trash can or your compost bucket and just get rid of it all. It can be disheartening, especially because you're also not only wasting good ingredients, but you're wasting a precious infusion. I mean, the time and energy that goes into the infusions you're making to make these edibles, it's just to see it going down the trash bin is pretty disheartening. That's the way it goes sometimes. What has been a little more surprising this week is that the vegan chocolates that I had made, my husband's have been enjoying them recently. And typically Chris doesn't, nor he doesn't eat edibles the way I do. He'll have them from time to time. But I noticed this week that he's been eating half of one of these chocolates every night. And it seems to be just enough to help him relax and to help him sleep. 
and he has a lot of problems with sleep. So this has been a new development for him. I'm pretty happy to see that he's trying this route out because they're pretty natural. Of course, these vegan chocolates had very few ingredients in them and we had grown the cannabis. So it's a bit of a farm to table operation we had going on. So sometimes the fun about making edibles too is making an edible that will resonate with people around you. He was never really that interested in the fat bombs, though he had eaten them before. The last batch I made was pretty, I think they had like no sugar in them because I was doing, I think it was from January. I still have some of those left, but um, they weren't, I mean, it's like eating dark chocolate flavored coconut oil. So he wasn't really into those. He, I made caramels, wasn't really into those, had no interest in the gummies, but these chocolates are the ones that you thought, hmm, you know what? I like these. I'll try these out in a dose that's appropriate for me. So if you're wanting to make edibles and trying to share them with people, sometimes you, you want to really push them on them because you love doing it so much, but sometimes you just have to find the right one. So I'm definitely going to be making another batch of these vegan chocolates because they were so simple to make. And we ate edibles together a couple times this week and it was pretty fun. So that's my little, my little story of the day. The other thing I did like about these vegan chocolates too, unlike the fat bombs, they didn't melt as soon as you took them out of the fridge. So if I knew I was going to be out somewhere, I could put them in a little glass jar. You put a little few of them in a little glass jar and then you could take them on the go. Be ready for anything. How convenient is that? But today after, but today what we're going to be talking about are terpenes. I don't know if we'll be able to cover it all in the time that we have here, but I know there's no way that you've picked up a cookbook or been on any website or read anything about cannabis in the last little while without hearing the word terpene. And one of the reasons I decided to cover this is because Barry from the UK who messaged me last week he had a really great question and his question was see if I can find it here is strain a choice is strain choice sorry a consideration when it comes to edibles I hear much about the nuances between different exotic and evocative sounding varieties when smoked but does this transfer to edibles? And what a great question that is, because I'm sure that's something we've all considered at one point or another as well. I happen to own, I think, three cannabis cookbooks and this cannabis cooking journal, and they all cover the topic of terpenes in their books. Now, I know when I was a younger person, before weed was legal and the landscape had changed so much, terpene was not, the, the idea of a terpene wasn't ever talked about. Nobody talked about terpenes. Strains were talked about. But the reason that strains and terpenes together are so relevant is because the terpenes are what give the cannabis its flavor and aroma. The different strains will have different terpene profiles. The one thing to know about terpenes is that they're found in almost all species of plant life. So when you think terpene, although it's talked about almost exclusively these days in relation to cannabis, because they do have so many terpenes in the different strains out there, but you're also going to find that in all kinds of things. Think lavender or basil or mint. Those are three herbs and flowers that evoke a really strong smell you use them in specific ways because of the associated smells with them, but they also in turn have therapeutic effects too. When it comes to cannabis, however, they can be citrusy, skunky, 
piney, or sometimes just straight up dank. And you can isolate and bottle terpenes so you can use them for other things. A quick search online has told me that this this method of bottling terpenes, I'm not even sure how effective that is. They're very expensive. I found one website that was selling them and I think a five millimeter or five milliliter bottle was $45 to get the terpenes extracted. So $45 for a five mil bottle though, a five milliliter to put that into perspective is one teaspoon. So if you were to get out a teaspoon from your, from your drawer and have a look at that and think, do you want to spend $45 on that? The odds are you probably don't. So for the average home chef, this kind of strain-specific bottling of terpene probably isn't the best way to spend your money. The other thing to keep in mind as well is that when you are drying your cannabis, so if you've grown it and then you're curing it, you're going to lose about 60% of the terpenes during the drying process. So what exactly is a terpene? Terpenes are one of the major chemical constituents of essential oils. So if you've ever been into some kind of health food store and bought essential oils for a diffuser or something like that, that sort of gives you the idea. Developing and preserving high levels of terpenes, because as we just discussed, when you're drying and curing your cannabis, you're going to lose about 60%. A lot of it depends on how the cannabis was cultivated and processed, the growing medium, the times the... It, the time the plant spent flowering, and whether or not it was cured pro- properly can all have a profound effect on the finished product as well. Now, I guess really the, the basic question is, though, as a home cook, like we all are, does this make a big difference as far as your infusions and recipes? And while all of these books tend to talk about terpenes and flavor profiles and pairing, because that's a big thing in the cannabis world as well, is pairing terpenes with the food that you're eating, much like you would pair a wine with the food that you're eating, I'm not really convinced that it makes a huge difference. And I think because for me, most of the time in the recipes I've been making to date, you don't really taste the weeded in any way. So how can the strain necessarily make a huge impact on the terpene profile and how you're going to pair it with certain foods? Now, it really might depend on the recipe that you're using. For instance, you might have a a cannabis strain with a more herbal flavor profile. Think of, of herbs such as rosemary, sage, and eucalyptus, or in like pine trees. And so these might have alpha pinene, beta pinene, humulene, um, terpenes like that. And you might think of Jack Hare or um, what are some other ones? Mango Haze, Super Silver Haze, Trainwreck. Those might be ones that would be considered herbal. And so if you're at a dispensary, you're buying your weed from somewhere and you smell it, you might look for sort of a piney, piney herbal scent to those particular strains. Other ones, citrusy ones. There are ones with a strong citrusy flavor profile and limonene. Limonene, if I'm saying that right, which you'd find obviously in things like grapefruit, lime, lemon oils, um, they smell citrusy. So you might have strains like orange cookies, Jack's Cleaner, Jilly Bean, Lemon Diesel. I've heard of Lemon Diesel. So these are all ones that would have uh, limonene as a dominant terpene in its flavor profile. And I mean, it goes on. They keep finding more and more terpenes. 
and they're drilling down to find which ones are dominant in the different strains. So it is kind of interesting to think about sometimes because if you're planning on buying or growing some weed, you might want to try different varieties just to get the different the different flavor profiles. But I feel that in at, at the end of the day, it's really not going to make a huge difference in the outcome as far as your recipes go. I mean, again, you're losing some during the curing process, but then you're also decarbing. That might affect the terpene. And then depending on the recipe that you're using, I just made caramels the other day. You don't taste, I mean, yeah, I made another batch actually, because they were so good. And you don't taste the cannabis in that at all. So whether or not I used a sour diesel versus a jack hair versus what other whatever other strain, it's not going to make a big difference. Now there's the possibility that you might get some minor therapeutic effects, but again, that also depends on concentrations. You might have a strain whose therapeutic effect because of its terpene profile might be, you know, help with anxiety or be calming or add some pain relief. But the concentrations that you're getting in a lot of the edibles that you're enjoying probably aren't going to make a big difference as far as that goes. You might need to ingest it in a different way in order to really reap the benefits of that. Now, having said that, you might also experiment with different ways of of infusing and decarbing. So what I mean is, if you think of like old school edibles and new school edibles, so obviously things have changed a lot in the last several years. Cannabis is suddenly getting, of course, more mainstream because it's becoming more accepted around the world and more companies are popping up all the time. And so they're trying to, you know, maybe bring a more sophisticated look to cannabis instead of that sort of back alley reputation they used to have, like when I was a kid, because obviously you could get arrested for it. The new school is trying to have more fun with it, I suppose. Whereas in the old school way, if you're making edibles, you just wanted the most fucking potent edible you could possibly make. So if you had one bite of that cookie or knocked it on your ass for three days or whatever, you know what I'm talking about. But now people are learning more about terpenes, learning more about the plant because it's becoming more accepted in mainstream. You're just finding more people who are talking about it openly and discovering new things about it. And this terpene, the idea of terpenes and different strains is kind of a new twist on our favorite, our favorite plant that's been with us for millennia. In my humble opinion, I think you just got to use the weed that you have access to. It's not going to make a huge difference. No one's going to be eating my caramels and being like, well, what kind of weed did you use for this? They're just going to be like, am I going to get high? Having said that, I think what I'm going to be doing myself this summer, because I do plan to grow some weed outdoor this summer, is I'm actually going to look at some different strains and see about some of these flavor profiles and play around with it a little bit. I might notice it more if I'm smoking it versus, versus baking with it or cooking with it. But it is something to keep in mind and it is kind of fun to learn about the different terpenes and their and their fragrance, flavor and feeling that they they evoke in the user. So it is sort of fun to explore that. But whatever weed you have access to, whether you're going to the dispensary to buy some flour, again, where you might get more, you might be able to get a little more out of the out of the, the flour for terpenes. But whether you're using flour or trim or or keef, then any of those things, 
just use whatever you enjoy using. Use what you like. Play around with it. If you notice a difference, that's pretty cool. Let me know how it turns out. I'd love to hear your own adventures and stories when it comes to playing around with flavor profiles. And it's certainly something that's on my radar and I want to be learning more about moving forward because it was actually surprisingly difficult to find questions or to find when I was looking up this stuff as to how much decarboxylation and cooking and and that kind of thing affected the terpenes in a plant because it's all fine and good to talk about it all but do they get further broken down in that process and that's the question that I have actually still been having trouble finding the answer to specifically so I'll still be keeping my eye out on that we'll probably be doing a follow-up episode on terpenes down the road as I learn more. But in the meanwhile, terpenes are are what give your cannabis its scent, its smell, its flavor. I'll put a couple of different examples of those in the show notes so you can have a look to see to see what that means. So you can just uh, you know, see which terpenes might be in some of your favorite strains. So I hope that answers your question, Barry. I know we already talked via email, so I do want to thank you for writing in and asking because it's a great question that I'm sure other people have wondered as well. Now, I also wanted to give a shout out to Dakota in Tennessee. Hi, Dakota. Thanks for sending me an email. And I just wanted to mention how great it is that he's been discovering and experimenting with edibles as well because his girlfriend, like me, doesn't really smoke much. And doesn't really like to smoke, I think, if I remember correctly. So these edibles were something they were found, found, finding that they were able to enjoy together. And I thought, what a, what a great guy to go to all those lengths to learn about edibles so that it's something that he and his girl, girlfriend could share together. So that's great, Dakota. So glad you wrote in. And thanks for listening to the show. Just so you guys know, whenever somebody does send me an email, I do like to send them something fun in the mail brings me to another story the story about ray hi ray if you're listening he wrote me a little a while ago now and i sent him something fun in the mail and when i when i first started this show i would often include a homemade baked by moi cannabis cookie sealed in its own stay fresh packaging i sent out several of these sent out several of these to listeners who had taken the time out of their day to send me a message and ask questions or share stories. I have to change this up. You see, Ray wrote in to say, I got your letter. But it had been intercepted by someone. And some of this stuff doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I totally obviously believe what Ray was saying. But when I mentioned it to somebody else, they said that's highly illegal what happened because they intercepted the letter they opened it, then they took the cookie out of the Stay Fresh package, they tore up the letter, and there were some other things, that there were stickers in with the letter as well, they tore up the letter and the stickers, put them all torn, all the torn up pieces back in the envelope with cookie crumbs, no less, they probably ate the fucking cookie, those assholes, and then proceeded to mail it off. Now the person I know that works, actually works in the federal Canadian government up here, said that it's highly illegal for them to open somebody's mail and what would flag them to open it I'm not really sure in the states I don't know but I mean regardless even if in the states it's also illegal to tamper with somebody's mail 
what kind of recourse do you have? You don't really have any. Who do you call and say, well, God damn it, somebody opened up my letter and ate the cookie in it. That was sort of disappointing to hear. So I've had to change things up a little bit. So sorry, guys, no more cookies in the mail. I was wondering for a while if it might be problematic. So for those of you who got one, you're lucky, but I do send something, some fun stuff in the mail to people who write me. So if you do want to email me at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com, you never know it will show up in your mailbox, but hopefully it will arrive in one piece. I'm also very close to having this website done. I think I have another week before it's going to be fully finished. I'm supposed to be rolling it out. I think I gave myself two or three weeks and I'm about the two week mark now since I first mentioned that to you guys. If you want to sign up to be on the email newsletter, which you know, I might send to folks when a new episode comes out or something new and exciting happens on the website. No spam for sure, because I'll have to write these things myself. If you want to sign up, just email me at podcast at fastmail.com. And anybody who sends me an email the next week, I'm going to enter them into a draw for something fun. I haven't decided what that is yet, but just a little something fun. So I think that's it for this week, you guys. I hope you learned a little something from this about terpenes. In the meanwhile, stay high, my friends. 